Hello and welcome to today's episode of In The Still. Today we chat with Lucy Fitzgibbons, who's an incredible naturopath. And I came across Lucy about a year ago on Instagram and I really loved all of the content she was posting. And I love that she really helped make these things simple to understand, especially about women's health and hormones, which is the topic of conversation today. So we talk about how to start tracking your cycle and all of the benefits really that come with doing this practice regularly. So things like how it impacts how you exercise, how you feel connected to your body, how you schedule your work and social events, and also how you communicate in your relationships, whether that's with your colleagues, your friends, or your loved ones as well. So I hope you love this episode and let's get started. Thank you for being with us today, Lucy. How are you going? I'm really well. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Just enjoying a bit of a rainy morning with my cup of ginger tea and chatting to you, which is nice. (laughs) So excited to be on. Thank you so much for having me. My pleasure. So as I've mentioned in the intro, you are a naturopath And I know that a lot of people these days have heard of naturopaths because they are becoming more common as a kind of practitioner and in a lot of places you can get access to them. Even as you do, you do Zoom consults and a lot of practitioners now are done remotely. So that's amazing. But for people who maybe have never been to a naturopath or haven't really heard much about it, but are really curious about what the difference is, say, between going to a doctor or going to a naturopath, what's your understanding of what you do as a job. Yeah. And you're so right. It has become so much more common in the last few years. I know when I was studying and I was telling people what I was studying, they'd always sort of be like, natural what? Like, yeah. <laughs> so it's great to, that I can say, oh, I'm a naturopath and people sort of um, understand what that is. But for those that don't know, naturopathy is essentially um, holistic health healing modality. Mm -hmm. So we really like to look at the body holistically, which means we are always trying to find the root cause of your health concerns. So instead of covering things up like a band-aid treatment and quickly getting rid of symptoms, we more so want to heal from a root cause level. So um, we tend to delve quite deep into diet and lifestyle um, and different things that could be going on in your life that are contributing to your symptoms. Um, And then we also use a lot of herbal medicine, nutritional supplements, dietary changes, lifestyle advice uh, to bring about healing in the body. That's amazing. And yeah, I mean, that's what I love about going to naturopaths is, like you said, that root cause. And Mm. it's just so important because I just feel personally in my own journey, there were so many times when I was given things as a Band-Aid over the top of the actual issue. And it really was just kind of like treading water for me. And I mm. wasn't really, you get that little bit of relief, but then if you stop taking that thing or you stop doing that thing that they, you know, maybe a medication that they told you to take, like, I mean, just an example is say the pill for me personally, going on that yeah. as like for my journey was like a band aid thing. And then you come off it and things are the same, if not worse. Yeah. because it's whatever you're hiding comes back with full force yeah (laughs) and yeah yeah, then you're stuck with it still and have to work through it um yeah at that deeper level and really treat what's actually going on instead of just covering it up yeah and that holistic thing of diet lifestyle supplements 
I'm a big believer in that mind, body, emotion connection because that's like, yeah, it's so, it's so crazy. Like I'd heard about it so much, but I think until you experience it yourself in some kind of way, even things like anxiety, you know, that can be a combination of chemical imbalance and also emotional, you know? So it's like that delicate Mm -hmm. dance of looking at both. Like, do you drink heaps of coffee or do you, you know, do certain things in your life? Do you hate your job? Like there can be so many things. Definitely. Yeah. Gut imbalance or yeah, as you said, coffee intake, poor sleep. Are you surrounded constantly by negativity or um, your relationships? Are they healthy? So these are all sorts of questions that we ask in a naturopathic consultation to really try and get to the deeper, the deeper cause and then help that person to um, yeah, treat them in, in multiple different ways if they need to be referred to counselling or if they need herbs and supplements. Um, it's oftentimes when I'm treating mental health, I'll often treat gut health um, mm. because they are just so intertwined and so linked. Yeah, it's really incredible. And um, I myself have had like the GI mapping done, I think in the last yeah. six months. And I've just done the Dutch test recently, which I get my results from soon, which for people that haven't heard of it, is a hormone test um, and it also tests your cortisol and adrenal function. So Mm -hmm. I always say test, don't guess. I think that's really important. And like you say, with things like anxiety, it can be the gut, it can be past trauma, it can be current trauma, it can be so many different things. And our body just really wants us to listen at the end of the day. Mm. I like to say that symptoms are little um, messages from your body Mm. and if you don't listen to those messages, they'll just get louder and louder and louder and the problem will get worse and worse and worse. So you really need to tune into your body and listen to those little symptoms and, hey, I've got a headache today. What does that mean? Does it mean I'm dehydrated? Does it mean that I'm stressed? Does it mean that I've eaten too much sugar and try and work out what's causing that problem rather than just going and, you know, taking a Panadol or whatever. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. And one thing that I love that you share about so much on your Instagram, which I'll link in the show notes as well, is um, hormone health, particularly for women, a big passion yeah. of mine, something that I talk <laughs> about quite a bit, even though I'm not a naturopath and it's nothing to do with my actual <laughs> business. But um, yeah, I really, we were just chatting before we started recording that it's such an area that I find is becoming more prevalent with women really wanting that information and really wanting to understand their bodies and their cycles and our natural rhythms that we go through every single month. You know, it's, it's insane really in a way that we're not taught these things Mm. as young women and girls. I know for me, I'm 31 and I'm definitely in that generation where the pill was definitely a very um, popular sort of thing, I suppose, from the doctor. I was put on it when I was I was probably about 14 uh, Mm. for really painful periods. I would black out and vomit and just, yeah, really Awful. awful. And there was really no understanding. I remember even at that age feeling like out of control, that I didn't understand what was happening. And my parents didn't understand and you know, the doctors didn't understand because I also grew up in a small town in Tassie where, you know, we really didn't have anything alternative at that time in the early 2000s. So yeah, I love that you share about hormone health and you've started a new series called Body Basics, which I think Mm. honestly should be in every school. (laughs) 
Me too, I did it. (laughs) Yes, it's amazing. So do you want to tell us a bit about your intention behind the Body Basics posts that you've been doing? Yeah, so um, it sort of happened quite quickly really, but now that I think of it, the idea was brewing for a while um, through my consults and talking to so many women when I was teaching them about their cycles and um, giving them all of this information around their different symptoms and what they may be feeling at different times of their cycle. Um, they always were like, how did I not know this sooner? How did I get to 32 and only just figure this mm. out? And they were always quite frustrated, not at themselves or at me, but just frustrated at the bigger picture that they just missed out on this information. And it was information that could have helped them for so many years. Yeah. Um, so that's kind of got me thinking like, this is what we should be taught in schools. However, it's too late for a lot of people. So how can I teach them now? Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I did started a new series called Body Basics and it's just a collection of Instagram posts that teach you the fundamentals of what you should know as a woman. Um, so my first one was all about the different phases of your cycle. So um, breaking Which it I love. down. <laughs> yes, yes. And how you can sort of live um, or um, adjust your work or productivity or social experiences um, and match them up with different points in your cycle. So, for example, your period, um, I describe that as winter where you want to withdraw, you want to rest, you want to relax. And then as you come out of winter, you come into spring and your energy starts to build and your productivity starts to build and you want to start going out a little bit more and exercising a bit harder. Um, And then summer is your ovulation phase. So this is when your hormones are peaking, your estrogen Mm -hmm. is at its highest and you feel so outgoing and this is where you can plan those meetings or plan those weekends away or, um, you know, have those big social outings. You can exercise more intensely. You can work later. You can work harder um, and your body can cope with it a lot better than say, for example, if you were on your period in that sort of winter phase. Mm -hmm. And then, sorry, I'll just go into the next one. So after ovulation, is then your luteal phase and that's when things start to wind back down again. You're in your premenstrual and, um, yeah, you want to sort of start to withdraw, start to be a bit more gentle and start to go into that little bit of a a cave um, before your period comes. Yeah, I love that. And I think having Mm. it seasonally, it's so um, relevant and accurate Mm. for myself anyway. When I started tracking my cycle, I definitely live by this a lot. I think I started tracking it about probably 18 months ago now. I think in February last year, I ended up in hospital with a burst ovarian cyst, which unfortunately Mm. for a lot of women is really common. Mm. And I, yeah, was definitely, and I'm sure you see this in your um, consults a lot too, kind of that breaking point where you're like, okay, I don't know what's going on. And I'm really sick of feeling not empowered. Even mm-hmm. I think having all the doctors ask me questions really highlighted to me, okay, I, I don't really know. And I was very aware of my hormones. I was actually on progesterone therapy. I was going to an integrative doctor, but I was still externalizing that advice a lot and not really 
taking charge myself. So I started responsibility. That's right. Yeah. And Mm. so when you're in those situations where even a naturopath or a doctor might ask you questions, you then feel like you can confidently answer them of like, okay, yes, my, you know, pain is worse on day 20 to 25 or, you know, something like that. And all of that really helps your journey to well-being as well and helps the practitioners they really I think it's often appreciated you know because mm. it gives you more to work with as well um mm. but I yeah. always begin each consult with my patients okay what day of your cycle are you on amazing and in our first appointments they'll be like oh um oh no I'm not on my period or yes um, you know they, they like won't the know cycle how to is answer not just that your question. period yeah yeah they won't know how to answer that question which is so f- fine and that's my job is to educate them so um I'm like okay so when was your last period let's find the date Mm -hmm. and the the first day of your full blood flow of of not Mm -hmm. spotting but actual blood flow that's called day one and then we we count forward from there so and we do it together and so we'll find what day they're on and I'm like okay and how are you feeling today and those little things at each appointment I think eventually click and, um, you know, a few, a few appointments in and they're like, yep. So I'm on day 21. I think mm-hmm. I ovulated a week ago. <laughs> um, so that's really exciting. And that's super empower, empowering for women because they know what's going on with their body. Yeah, absolutely. And we're not taught that, you know, as a society to necessarily empower ourselves through knowledge and also, Uh, I think working with a practitioner is a really beautiful relationship that you create as well to help have someone mentor you and educate you. You don't have to do it all yourself. You know, there is a lot of information. There's incredible books about uh, cycle tracking and hormone health and things like that and podcasts, which are where I began my journey with trying to understand. And then it really went to the next level for me when I started seeing my nutritionist that I see now, who's very into hormone, gut health, autoimmune, Mm. all of those things. And yeah, so I guess what would you say if we rewind a little bit, if somebody is wanting to become more aware of their cycle, you mentioned that day one is when you're fully bleeding and then you're counting Mm -hmm. forward from there. I know that a cycle is generally said to be 28 days, but you know, mine's anywhere between 32 to 35, which is also why counting is helpful and tracking Mm -hmm. uh, because it can be irregular. So what would you say is the first thing to start looking at if you're wanting to say start taking your basal um, body temperature or tracking? Mm. So I would say let's start off with just knowing our cycle days and the phases of your cycle. So a cycle is from day one of your period until the next day one of your following of the next Mm -hmm. period. So um, for some women, as you said, that could be 28 days. For others, it could be 35 days. For others, it could be 22 days. Mm. Um, So knowing how long your cycle length generally is, is really helpful Mm -hmm. because then you also know when you're sort of going to get your next period. Um, What a lot of women don't put focus on is ovulation So ovulation is the process by which one of your ovaries releases an egg and that is essentially what um, I would call it the most important part of the cycle because number one, it's how you can potentially get pregnant. Mm -hmm. But number two, it's also how you create 
hormones in your body as well. So um, when you've ovulated, you create a hormone called progesterone. Mm-hmm. Progesterone is an amazing hormone that's um, really great for mood. It's a natural antispasmodic, so it's a natural muscle relaxant. It's naturally anti-anxiety. Um, and we need to make sure we're ovulating so that we're making progesterone, essentially. So I would say for most women, start counting your cycle days. So notice when you get your period and write down, I, I'm an old school kind of pen and paper girl. So Same. I, put it in my, <laughs> I put it in my diary above every day. Um, I put, you know, day one, day two, day three, all the way along the top of my diary pages so that when I look at my diary each day, I know what day I'm on. So I can go, okay, I'm day 14 today. I'm probably going to ovulate soon. This is when I have my most energy. This is why I'm feeling really outgoing. Maybe I should do some Instagram stories because I'm feeling <laughs> more, more um, like confident. Whereas potentially in two weeks time, I'm not going to feel like working so hard. I'm probably going to want to rest more. I'm, um, you know, not going to want to have that meeting or yeah, whatever it is. So I really do plan a lot of my activities and work schedule around my cycle because number one, it's just makes sense to me. It um, really does. I feel like when you start yeah. doing it, you're like, how did I not do this before? That's how I feel. Cause I'm the same. I'll yeah. be on Instagram stories around ovulation or feel like going out for lunch or, you know, mm-hmm. doing those things and like your hair feels good. And you know, yeah, you just my skin just, set up. Yeah, you're just like, this is my prime time. <laughs> yeah. I am on fire today. <laughs> yeah, and then it's amazing to yeah. see like, you know, 10 days later, you might be like, Oh God, I couldn't imagine going on Instagram stories right now where I just want to watch Netflix. And, and, you know, I think it gives you permission as well to go with that flow and, you know, not question. I don't question it as much anymore and go, oh, why am I feeling this, you know, when I, even if it's like a Monday morning and you think, oh, I'm going to jump out of bed and it's a new week, but you might be you know, five days away from your cycle starting. So it's irrelevant really that it's a Monday and you want to get everything done. It's like, oh yeah, but I'm on a different calendar here. Totally. And it also, I think, gives us permission to rest when you know that your period's coming up, you know that your energy's dropping. Mm-hmm. You can go, okay, I'm not really feeling that, you know, that outgoing today, or I don't really feel that productive today. Instead of forcing myself to do things that I don't really want to do. How about I just rest? And then I'm going to feel so much better in a few days time. And that really, um, I believe anyway, can really help with things like period pain, PMS Mm -hmm. symptoms, uh, you know, cravings, all of those things. I find if I'm pushing myself too closely to my cycle and you know, some months, like even last month, I felt really great a few days before. So I just went with that. You know, if you are naturally feeling still, you know, like you've got that energy and you're still wanting to be doing things, flow with that. But if there's a niggle in you saying, oh, you know, I'm getting a bit of a headache or I'm feeling really bloated and, you know, even maybe you're losing your appetite, things like that. I think that's when you really need to listen. Totally. And I think it's also important for the people around you as well mm. to understand cycles. Um, so I know that in relationships as well, having your partner aware of where you are in your cycle 
can make it so much more, um, it makes them more understanding and then they can not feel so, you know, or what have I done wrong or why does she not want to go out or, you know, whatever they're thinking, they can instead go, okay, she's close to getting her period. I'm going to, instead of making us go and hang out at the, I don't know, pub or whatever, let's stay home and watch a movie. And I know that that will make her happy. So I think for making relationships work better as well, it is a game changer. Yeah, absolutely. And having that confidence too, as a woman, I think helps you feel more embodied because Mm. if you can express that and communication is so important in all relationships, even, you know, in the way that I run my business personally, I'll say to my staff member, like, you know, hey, I'm really close to, this only happened to me last week where it was like, hey, I'm not going to be in today because my period's due, (laughs) you know, in a couple of days and I'm just, I'm not going to be where I need to be if I'm there and you're better off, you know, just do your thing. You're better off without me. (laughs) Pretty much. I'm just going to be there in the background with a cup of tea, just observing anyway. So let's just spare both of us that experience. (laughs) And, you know, and it's, it's kind of like when you feel confident, other people aren't going to be like, ew, period. Like, why are you oversharing? I mean, that's the response from some people maybe, but in my experience. I've never gotten that response. That's never. good. I don't think I have either. I just imagine I that honestly the- think people love, well, I love talking about it, but I think people are genuinely intrigued and interested and I've never had someone, male or female, um, say anything negative about That's it. That's amazing. Before. Yeah. I think we've definitely come a long way and I think it We're gives very others lucky. permission. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Absolutely. And it gives others around you permission, whether it's a girlfriend or, you know, a female, you know, at work maybe, or anything like that, who it opens up that conversation where they might've been a bit scared to talk about it, or maybe they've got something going on with their period that's unusual for them, or they're not mm. sure about. It. And I know for know myself, that's right. How do we know? You know, I know for myself, I always thought, oh, everyone always says they have a 28 day cycle. Mine's always, sometimes mine can be 40, you know, is what's wrong with me? And you can go down that path. And that's where working with a practitioner was really amazing for me to understand, you know, to be educated of, no, everyone's different. Everybody's different. What did you also do in the last month is important to look at as well. Did you have a stressful previous, you know, three weeks that can impact why your period can be delayed and things like that. So So ovulation can be delayed by illness. It can be delayed by stress, travel, medications, strenuous exercise. Through COVID, a lot of people's cycles got really whack. (laughs) Yes. I noticed that as a practitioner and talking to my patients, a lot of them had delayed delayed cycles or worse period pain or worse premenstrual symptoms in the last few cycles just since COVID has yeah, it's like because we're in that fight or flight mode, it's not safe to mm-hmm. ovulate is how our bodies perceive that. And yeah, it's it's really fascinating. I mean, I could honestly talk about it for hours. I'm sure you could as well. <laughs> oh my gosh. I talk about it every day, all day long. <laughs> yeah. It's my favorite topic. <laughs> yeah. So we've got our four seasons and yes. those are, we've got our summer, maybe you say it because I'll get them in the wrong order. So winter is your period. Yes. Spring is your follicular phase or your pre-ovulatory phase. So, so after between. your period. Yeah, so between your period and ovulation mm-hmm. is spring. Uh, summer is ovulation. 
and just after ovulation. And then autumn is moving into that premenstrual time before your period. Yeah. Amazing. And do you recommend any particular apps or anything that can help people in tracking? It depends. I'm a big um, temperature charter. So I do that a lot with my patients. So Kindara is the best app to do that. That's what I use. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. It syncs up with, I have a practitioner account, so I can log on and see all of my patients' temperature charts. Amazing. (laughs) So I can um, look at their charts and, you know, talk to them about when they would have ovulated or Mm -hmm. what was going on with their cycle. Um, So that's really cool. I love Kindara for that. And then I'm, I use pen and paper. So the other apps I'm not too yep. great with. I know that there's Flow and Clue, um, but yeah, I don't really use them. I'm more of Kindara and then also just writing in my diary every day what cycle day I'm on. Yeah, because the Kindara, the difference that I notice the most is you can input your temperature. So I used to mm. use Flow and you can't do that. It's just tracking on that predictive basis from what your cycle was before, which yeah. for me personally wasn't helpful when my cycles were really irregular. Um, so yeah, Kindara is great. I think you pay something, a few dollars a month. That's not much at all. And it will actually show. Oh, sorry. Yeah, you go. (laughs) Oh yeah. So yeah, I don't think it's free. I, I maybe, yeah. The one I use, I use a free one. Oh, maybe I have some (laughs) deluxe version that I don't know about (laughs) that I don't need. What does yours show you? Um, hang on. I've got my phone right here. Let's have a look. Because um, I can do temperature charting on the free I don't one. Know. I just get like an invoice every month that like says $6.99 or something. I'm getting ripped off. Go. <laughs> oh, there's premium. Hang on, what's premium? Premium, you can enjoy unlimited custom data, uh, record your moons, lunar phases. Oh, I think I you must. Yeah, you have. I have the premium. Yeah. Maybe premium. I'll downgrade. <laughs> <laughs> But I love I love pen and paper as well for certain things. But the thing I love, um, and when I talk to girlfriends about when they ask me about um, tracking the temperatures, is seeing the the peaks and the lows uh, hmm. during like ovulation. So should we talk about what actually temperature charting? Yes, is? let's do that because I feel okay. like I had a few questions uh, from people who really want to take it to that. I would say the next level. I think it's the next commitment because you do have it to. It is do it every the next day. level. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But let's talk so about it. Temperature charting is recording your basal body temperature, which is your waking temperature. So um, it's after rest. So you want to take it after at least three or four hours of solid sleep. Mm-hmm. First thing when you wake up in the morning, you don't get out of bed. You don't go wee. You just roll over, get your thermometer from your bedside table, put it under your tongue and it will record your basal body temperature. Um, What happens with your temperature is it will spike after you've ovulated. Mm -hmm. So progesterone, the hormone that you make after ovulation, actually increases your basal body temperature. So you can get a rise of about 0.4, 0.5 a temperature rise yeah, and that will confirm that you've ovulated, especially if you maintain that temperature for, it can be maintained for 10 to 16 days after ovulation. Mm-hmm. It will then start to drop. If you don't fall pregnant, it will start to drop and then you will get your period. 
that's what I love the most about is seeing the drop is I, for me, I will drop and then I might get spotting that day, but then the next day my cycle will start. And it's guaranteed every time for me personally. um, And it can really, then I just know, okay, the next three days I'm not scheduling. Like I haven't usually got anything scheduled, but it might be just if there are a few lingering tasks, I can Mm. get them done on that day where it starts to drop and then clear my schedule. And then I just know it's time to rest. And I suppose for women who don't have the luxury of, you know, having their own business and being in Mm -hmm. control of their schedules, you can still incorporate cycle awareness in so you can um, apply it to your social events. So instead of going out for dinner or drinks or whatever, um, you can be like, nope, I'm about to bleed. I'm still going to go to work, but I'm going to have a shorter day at work and I'm not going to go out for dinner afterwards. I'm just going to go home. Yeah, that's a great point because obviously I do work for myself. Um, yeah. And <laughs> yeah, <too>. I <laughs> totally forget um, sometimes about my previous life of full-time work. Um, and, you know, for, for a lot of people that is their situation and yeah, I think having that awareness and not um, piling things on even at work, if you can push mm. a meeting maybe to like push days yeah, later totally. or, you know, things like that. Again, I think it's having that confidence depending on your boss and obviously on your job. But if you are in a position where you can be like, hey, can we push that meeting until, you know, three or four days later? Um, yeah. And, or scheduling presentations or big meetings for around ovulation because you're yes. more likely to absolutely nail it. Yeah. Um, and you're around because your hair will be great. Yeah. And I just go back to that all the time. I'm like, it just, everything just flows around that time. Yeah. I mean, usually, but then also you can have, I know sometimes ovulation, depending on your hormones, cannot be a fun time. Um, yeah. Yes, exactly. So it's all individualized, but we're just speaking generally here um, if things are sort of going well and balanced. Yes. I always recommend working with a practitioner, even if you're just starting temperature charting and you Mm -hmm. want to learn more about it, get guidance from a practitioner that does, um, does that because there's things that they'll pick up that you won't and connections that they'll make that you won't make. Um, Yes. And it's so worth it. It's so worth it to just have a few sessions to talk through your chart, to talk through your cycles. They'll pick up any sort of hormonal issues um, Mm -hmm. that they can work through that you can work through with them and um, yeah absolutely worth it in my eyes anyway yeah because it's one thing to be tracking your temperature but then to understand it is another Mm. thing you know you could be looking at it every month just all these wiggly lines and being you know totally unsure of what's actually going on so yeah and I think um, I don't know I think it's becoming more popular and more accepted and it just is conversations like these that I believe are really important to normalize periods, to normalize the fact that we are cyclical women. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's just how we are and how we always have been and how we are supposed to be. So, you know, learning to work with that. I think, as you said, even if your job doesn't allow a lot of flexibility, the things we do have control over things like exercise, you know, schedules, yes. um, social events, what we're eating, what we're doing in our downtime, if we're giving Mm. ourselves enough downtime, those are all things that you can easily, Mm. you know, bring in that also then lighten the load at work, you know. So if if you're doing a, you know, a a lot of exercise and you don't have that flexibility at work to change things up and you're eating crappy foods, you know, and you're going out three nights a week before your cycle, all those things 
will just compound. So yeah, mm. paying attention to the areas that you do have control over can be really life-changing, I believe. Definitely. And it's cool now there's a lot of research, or not a lot, but more research coming out about exercise around the cycle. Mm-hmm. So I remember reading a study and it was about how injury um, is more likely in that premenstrual phase. So women that don't change their exercise regimes or their training schedules around their cycle are more likely to experience uh, injury in that autumn, so that premenstrual mm-hmm. phase, compared to if they were doing that same workout in their ovulation summer phase. Yeah, wow. So that was really interesting. And I was also talking to a PT who was doing a course in how to train women around their cycle. Oh, I um, love that. I love that it was, so much. Yeah, so interesting. So um, yeah, there's a lot can, of industries I think that can definitely get on board with especially, you know, the yeah. exercise world. I think personal training and things like that can definitely bring in that awareness with their clients. That would be amazing. Yeah, totally. And if, you know, people just want to do a little yoga flow in their premenstrual and then wait until two weeks later when they're ovulating to do, you know, the big weight sessions or whatever, that's Mm. going to be much more beneficial for their bodies. Amazing. So on a different note, (laughs) not (laughs) hormone related, um, Mm. self-care is a massive part of auric alchemy, which is why I started the business really in the first place was to encourage people to slow down. And I like to show people how I run my business as well in a bit of a slower way. Um, My situation wasn't particularly um, by choice in a sense. I went through chronic fatigue, which is something I'm still healing at the moment. But I do think that there's a lot of people who really want to learn how to be balanced in their everyday life, but it can be really Mm -hmm. overwhelming to try and even know where to start. And especially if you are in a role where you're a caregiver in your work, such as yourself being a practitioner, you know, your job every day is to pour out that energy for others, which is incredibly admirable. And, Mm -hmm. you know, we definitely need more of that. I think in this (laughs) world, we all need more and more support. Um, But what I'm curious about is spending your days caring for other people, running a business, which is a whole other frame of mind really doing the business side of things um, and then self-care. How do you balance all of that? Yeah, great question. Um, For me, it's just trying to do little things every single day. I'm not going to lie, my cycle comes into it majorly. I know that I can work more during ovulation and I have to put more emphasis on self-care in my premenstrual phase. But every day I try and get into nature. That's my biggest recharge. That's my biggest inspiration that makes me feel good. So I will always try and go for an afternoon walk um, on the beach. Mm -hmm. That's generally, it's not a non-negotiable, but I honestly try and get that done every day um, because it makes such a difference and is my favourite sort of form of self-care is nature time. Um, I also really try to eat super well because I know that when I eat crap, not that that happens very often, (laughs) but it has a massive impact on how I'm feeling and how I can help others. And it's kind of my job to be in the best form um, to then be able to help my patients because if I'm not feeling good, I'm not going to be able to give my best self to them and then that Mm. is 
really unfair to them. So I really try and prioritise self-care so that I am feeling good to help other people because you can't pour from an empty cup. Yeah, and it is that thing where you are then setting an example for your patients as well. If they see you taking care of yourself, then mm. it's it's inspiring. I know when I've had practitioners that, you know, encourage things like meditation and yeah. I, I know that they do that for themselves. It really helped me integrate that and see that you can, you know. Well, you talk, someone's talking from experience then and not just um, do what I say and not what I do. Like, exactly. It's easier for people to integrate things when they see it's possible and they see how you can do it and you can talk and teach them from experience. Like temperature charting, for example, if I'd never done that before, how on earth am I going to teach my patients how to do it? Yes. Um, And having that conviction that you know it works and that you know it's empowering. mm, There's an energy behind that where people go, oh, I I want that. You know, even my nutritionist, she's healed herself from fatigue, hormone imbalances, all of these things. And whenever we chat, she's always just saying to me, like, it's possible to be well. I am here to show you not only through testing and my knowledge, but as a living, breathing example, I've been where you are and now I'm here, you know, and that... I think, yeah, sorry, you go. No, I was just going to say that that is... Sometimes for me, the best medicine, walking away from an appointment, sitting across from somebody who I know, you know, eats really well, values their body, doesn't work. You know, I think she works four days a week maybe and, you know, has boundaries around appointment times and, you know, things like this. They are all so integral for me to see someone, especially if you're not in a place where you can really conjure that up in yourself just yet. It's really amazing to see someone setting that example. Totally, totally. And acting from um, experience. And I think that's often, I think a lot of natural health practitioners, we all come from some sort of background of personal experience with illness or hormone issues or fatigue Mm -hmm. or, um, and that's what makes us so passionate about what we do is because we've been through what you're going through and we can uh, empathize and especially being a woman as well, I think, you know, having your cycles and having, you know, I've come from my issues of, you know, being on the pill and whatever. Mm. So I can then relate and I can definitely treat um, out of empathy and experience as well, which um, I think is special and makes a good connection. Yeah, absolutely. And as we said, you know, hormone health is just one part of the picture where it all begins. But I think begin Mm. with those base level understandings of your body it does it's a sign of love and self-love and that to me self-care is yes it's face masks and you know bubble baths and like using all my amazing auric products and you know things like that but it's also doing the hard things which are sometimes facing that you need some help you know sometimes that is initially the hard thing to get to an appointment with a practitioner to you know, not put those things off and to start looking at your body in a way that even if it's not in a place where you want it to be health-wise, knowing you can get there, that you do have a choice, you do have control. And, you know, those are the things for me that are a huge aspect of self-care, especially when you're also running a business. Or even if you're not running a business, you might be, 
you know, a mother that's extremely busy and perhaps depleted and, you know, we're, we're all in this day and age pouring out of our cup somewhere to somewhere else, mm-hmm. whether it's in our personal life or our professional life. So I hope that by learning these things in this conversation that people can start to feel inspired and, you know, I guess take away the mystical element because sometimes it all just seems a little bit confusing and a whole new world. But I think once you dip your toe in, you see that there are a lot of people willing to support you on that journey and help you empower yourself and your body really. And there's a lot of people doing business and careers in a sustainable way that's not going to lead to burnout. And I think hearing more of those stories is going to be um, really inspiring for a lot of people that think the only way to get where they want to go is to grind really hard. I think that's not so much as we were talking about before this podcast, that's not the way that you've done it. That's certainly not the way I've done it either. And I think um, the more people can know that rest is okay and working with your emotions and working um, with your health is integral to sustaining a good career and a good um, business life is really important too. Yeah, absolutely. It's that sustainability aspect. I think that you know, so you can, I know for me in my twenties, I was on a roller coaster of, you know, reaching goals and then crashing and burning and then reaching goals and crashing and burning and that Mm. kind of chaos cycle that so many of us are in without even realizing. And it's conditioned in us, you know, as a society as well to push through and, you know, not embrace the, the harmony of your body. And as you said earlier, symptoms are like knocking on that door. (laughs) They're saying, hello, I'm here and I need your help. And yeah. they don't go away. They often just get louder and louder. And they do. Yeah. They I get feel, louder until yeah, they start they screaming. They literally yeah. scream at you, <laughs> you know, which I could laugh at now, but it's like, you know, when you're in that mode, it's, it's really difficult. So I think going and seeing a naturopath, a nutritionist, integrative doctor, any of these alternative, um, you know, practitioners that I believe will get you to the root cause, as you mentioned And that really is where the real healing begins is really getting, unpacking the layers of that onion and starting to really understand yourself. I think you learn so much about yourself as a person through that process as well. So, you know, it's really incredible. Um, And this podcast is called In The Still and it was really born from an idea for me about learning about that balance as we've been talking about and really how to create a life that you love that has balance, it has ebbs and flows and having stillness. And I believe stillness is productive and I don't think it's a passive thing to stop and slow down and be still. And so my final question for you today is what do you believe stillness cultivates for you in your life? That's such a good question. I believe stillness creates creativity for me um, and passion and motivation Um, without being still I don't think I would um, come up I don't I wouldn't have creativity and that's creativity in a sense of business in a sense of um, being flexible and you know adapting and learning different ways I think if I wasn't to be still I'd be rigid and um yeah, I think, gosh, this is probably on the spot. <laughs> um, 
No, but I do definitely think creativity though. I think when you take a break, that's when your creativity blossoms and creativity is powerful. Mm -hmm. I know like a lot of my um, best ideas have come from when I have been still or it's kind of like when you're in the shower Mm -hmm. and that gives you time to think and gives you time to process. And I think a lot of that processing gives you new ideas. So if you can imagine those little self-care things that you do are similar to taking a shower and having a break. Yes. Um, so much good is born from that and it's a reset. So it allows yeah. that, that um, the life force, I believe, to flow through you and that's what creativity, oh. I would say the same thing, that creativity for me in my business comes from when I have space because if there's no mm. space, that those ideas have nowhere to land. So I think that's a really beautiful answer. And yeah, I definitely can resonate with that. So if you're out there listening to this and you're thinking, oh gosh, there's just no space in my life. It doesn't have to be a lot. As you say, it can be a shower, you know, it can be a metaphorical shower. (laughs) Yes. You know, if you just go into your room for five minutes, it can be those really small things with your deep breathing and just not being on your phone, not being you know, stimulated by an external source like your laptop or or your, you know, social media, things like that, which are just around us all the time, start small and yeah, you will, if you're really, especially if you've got like writer's block or creativity not flowing, stillness, I think is always the medicine. And nature. Yes. Yeah. Nature as well. Getting out in nature will always um, promote stillness Mm -hmm. and creativity for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you so much for talking to me today. And I really hope (laughs) everybody loves all of the tips and tricks. And I will leave a few notes in the show notes as well. I'll link your Instagram. What is your Instagram handle for people? It's just Lucy underscore fits, F-I-T-Z. Awesome. And we can find your body basic series, which will be continuing to flow out, I'm sure. And um, (laughs) yeah, I'm loving that. It's really digestible, really easy to understand um, and really beautiful as well. So thank you again, Lucy, and have a beautiful day. Thank you so much for having me on.